Hi, I'm Jago Wynn and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the daily Bible thought as we journey through the book of Acts and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Jamie Mulvaney. On Friday, Roz spoke brilliantly from the verses just before that we're going to look at today. And uh, she spoke about that in understanding and listening to the culture around us. We can, like Paul, speak the truth of Jesus in a way that is powerful and relevant to those around us. And Roz said that uh, this means us having compassion and courage. My question today is how do we embody this? How do you and I embody, how do we live out this courage and this compassion that shows people another way? So let's have a look at uh, this passage where Paul continues to give this extraordinary speech. So from verse 24 in, in chapter 17, he says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he, he, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day where he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was Dionysus, a member of the Areopagus, I think that's right, also a woman named Damaris and a number of others. So if you uh, fast forward 2000 years and travel from Athens to London, or wherever you are this morning, what can we learn from Paul in being courageous and compassionate to people who don't know Jesus? Well, right from the outset there in verse 24, we see the creative Jesus, which I was speaking about a few weeks ago. Uh, And Paul here, he's going right back to the start, telling the story from creation right up until the resurrection and God judging the world uh, in the end, by the end of our passage. And quite frankly, it's a better story than the stories we tell ourselves with our idols. It's it's really important for us to know this story, to to live in it, to be able to articulate it. But if we start at the start for the moment, in verse 24, with God being the creator, Paul says uh, that God does not live in temples built by human hands. So don't put God in a box. We've talked about this already on HTC Daily, haven't we? Uh, We seek to control him and manipulate him, but God, he is our creator. We read in verse 29 that um, there are these things that we create that are very precious to us. You know, it may even be what we've we've turned um, Christianity into, religion into. But Jesus is the creator. He is still the creator. He is still the creative Jesus. 
as a God, he is, he is infinite and he is intimate. And to use two theological words early in Monday morning, uh, he is transcendent, he is, he is bigger, he is above us. But he is also imminent that he is among us because Paul writes in verse 27 that God, he is not far from any one of us. So if you're ever tempted to think there's people in your life that is far from God, well, yes, in one sense they can be, but they're also not because God is closer than you think. It's an amazing thing that when we pray for people, when we explain to them who Jesus is, Jesus, he is just a breath away. He is not far. Um, if you've ever heard someone say, well, that person's really distant, they're really far from God. Well, God, he is the God who runs towards us. He is not far from any one of us. And yet we ignore him every day. We, we, we fly in the face of him with, with idolatry. And again, as, as Roz said on Friday, one of the challenges for us as Christians is to choose to put God first. And, and not putting God first, well, that is idolatry. The tricky thing for us today is that unlike these people in Athens, we do not have reference points for idolatry. Back then, there was a great pantheon, literally, of, of gods and idols in, go- in, in gold and silver and stone. Today, our idols are far more subtle, whether they're cultural norms, whether they're focuses of the heart. And, and idols are often when, when good things become God things. And I'm not going to prescribe to you today uh, what they may be. This is between you and God. And if you have the, the Holy Spirit living in you, he will direct you. He will convict you. I find, for me, idols tend to be things that I daydream about because it, it occupies me. And Lydia spoke the other day about the things that enslave us. It's another helpful talk to listen to because idols enslave us. Where God frees us, idols enslave us. And if we ourselves, if we are going to, to serve Clapham, if we're going to show Clapham a better way, a better story, then our, we ourselves, we must be free of the idols of Clapham. So the, the, the message for us this morning is not to ignore idols, but it's to identify them. And like we see in this passage, to repent. There's that, that call to repentance in verse 30. Continues to, see, to be the same message to Clapham today. And so whatever it is that is occupying your heart, get rid of it. Because the remarkable thing is that as we hand over whatever is taking first place in our heart, as we, as we hand over those things to God, God, he fills us with himself. Paul says in verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. We don't live in our jobs. We don't even live in our homes. We don't even live in a church building or a pattern of worship, but we live in Jesus Christ himself. Because those other things, they will not take you from death to life. Anything that occupies you and your heart is, spiritually speaking, it's, it's deadening you. And idolatry and, and not living the way of Jesus, not letting Jesus live in our hearts, that is ultimate death. But it is Jesus himself who we see in in verse 31, that he has risen from the dead and he takes us from death to life. So my encouragement to us this morning is, is don't be filled with idols, but be filled with Jesus. I leave you with this. This is um, James K.A. Smith, who's a a Canadian American philosopher. And he wrote this, that Christian worship is one of the primary arenas in which we participate in the practices that shape who we are. If our worship simply mimics the disciplinary practices and goals of consumer culture, we will not be formed otherwise. 
Conceiving of the church as a disciplinary society aimed at forming human beings to reflect the image of Christ, we will offer an alternative society to the hollow formations of late modern culture. In other words, you become like what you worship. You are what you eat. If you worship money, you'll become a commodity. If you worship work or pleasure, you will get diminishing returns. But if you, let, if you worship Jesus Christ, if you let Jesus occupy your heart, your mind, your imagination, what he will create in you and through you is a living, breathing, walking, talking temple of the Holy Spirit that draws others to know the God that you can know. Not the unknowable God, but the knowable God who has made himself known to you and longs to make himself known to others. If only you will be filled with him. Idols are dead and they result in death. But as you worship Jesus Christ, as you turn your affections to him, to the one who was dead but is now alive, just watch life flow through your veins and through yourself to a world that is dying. And we do this as we day by day use the patterns of, of worshipping Jesus, reading his word, praying to him, letting him fill us with his Holy Spirit. Because as, as good as it is to be able to articulate this narrative it's even better to embody it to be filled with the spirit of jesus and his resurrection life amen thank you jamie today we spent time confessing the idols in our lives and then we prayed for the church on vision sunday and we finished off with saint patrick's prayer for protection